Hello, and welcome into Backyard Catch. This is your host, Nick Roby. Thanks so much for joining in. I'm super excited to start the show. If you've been following along with Backyard Catch, you know that we haven't gotten to do a podcast in a while with this. We've been trying some different uh, outlooks and just different ways of going about creating content, and you know, life gets super busy. And so, you just try different things and just want to see what works. So I appreciate everyone just rolling with the punches. Uh, we've been doing some different different things and so wanted to revamp this podcast and this platform. So thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing and just being a part of this. This is sports and especially college sports are what I'm passionate about. I get super excited about it. So just a chance to get to talk with with you and just for you taking the time even to listen is just a big deal to me. And I don't take that lightly just because of there's so many ways, you know, nowadays to consume content, to get your sports, to get your just information even. Um, so I just, I don't know, I just really appreciate um, you taking the time to do this because it means a lot to me and I want to continue to do the best I can. And so uh, really have been trying to, to do the quality over quantity piece of it. So I'm super excited to jump in. And so also, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for that. Uh, Something we've tried in the past before, but super excited to get restarted and really trying to help uh, create new content. So uh, if you're listening, if you could also subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, it's same same way. I'll I'll, I'll put the link in um, the description and and everything, but uh, that would be great just to keep up. Uh, just new ways for people to get to know the show and and just ways to get y'all's feedback too. Um, so trying out this way of doing it, if you like the way the video is, uh, please let me know too. So anyway, let's get into it. You know, I, I we spent a lot of time this summer in college football talking about, you know, what does NIL mean? And you got these big schools transferring to different, you know, Conferences, UCLA and USC are going to the Big Ten, and then eventually we, you know, two we've got Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC, and then we've got these big, the TV market deals, you know, the TV deals that are coming up for different schools, and what does that mean, and how the SEC and ACC are really like our uh, SEC and Big Ten, I mean, are like going to be doubling up, and are they going to form some mega conferences? What does this mean? Different divisions. Yada, yada, yada. And all that stuff is like good that we need to talk about. But it also gets to a point where I don't know with y'all that I'm really, I really want to be knowledgeable on those topics. But it gets to a point where it's just, it's so much. And, you know, we cut the clock. And, and if you're listening or watching, it's August. It's August 1st when you're watching this. And we have football this month. You know, we're less than a month away from pads hitting pads and actual football to talk about. And I don't want to miss just that that awesomeness that is college football coming. And when there are things coming on the road that need to be talked out, negotiated, figured out, but that's going to take people, you know, smarter than me. And, um, I want to, you know, want to, to dive into that as well as we can, but I just really wanted to set some time. I was just getting pumped looking into college football and wanting to talk about the upcoming season and break down, uh, that as best I can. So we have a month, and I've made a plan of getting to talk through the different major conferences and divisions and um, just going at it as we can. So I'll keep you all posted as we go into this. But 
that's really my plan. And then we'll talk about things as they come up if, if need be, but that's, that's the plan going forward. So with that being said, so you're like, Hey, Nick, I've been starting this, but like, I don't know a whole much about, you know, what, why, why backyard catch or, you know, what, like, what is this? I'm, you're just checking this out. So one, thank you for doing that Two, I grew up uh, a Clemson fan. I'll, I'll put that out there. You know, I feel like you, everyone has their biases or where they come from. And, and that's my background is I um, went to Clemson, loved it. Super passionate about it. Fell even more in love with college football because of it. But it's not just like, this isn't just like a, a rah, rah Clemson like podcast. There's so much bigger things about it because I want it to be bigger than just that. I want it to be a, talking through people who love college football, but like want to analyze it, want to break a town, want to make viewers smarter. Like that's, I want to take all this information that we get thrown at, you know, uh, as Josh Pate on Lake kick with Josh, he says it's, it's, it's college football preview magazine season. And I hundred percent agree. And you have all these different information, but you're like, almost like you almost feel like it's like, I just even feel it. It's like, how do you start this? How do you do this? And so that's what I want to take. I want to take all this information, all this data, all what we see with our eyes and what we see on the numbers and compile it into like, I want to make you, the viewer, a smarter, more equipped, ready person, college football fan. And so that's what I want this to be. And so there are definitely people smarter than me who have been doing this. And I I definitely feel like I can add a lot to the table when it comes to just viewing all this stuff. I've just been a fan for a long time. And so that's what this is. And so, yes, it's, you know, I have my background in that, but I just love college football. I mean, I love watching the SEC game of the week. It's kind of a bummer that, you know, it's leaving CBS just because that's just, you know, part of the history. And you got big 12, you know, big, the showdown between Texas and Oklahoma. You've got, I love Pac-12 after dark. We know everyone's falling asleep and you're trying to keep your eyes open on the East Coast for 10 a.m. kicks and um, seeing the bright colors of UCLA on the screen, which is which is kind of fun. Or Oregon, you know, with all their great, uh, crazy, unique uniforms. So I just love it. And I think, like, I don't want us to miss just the awesomeness that is college football and, like, why it's worth so much money and why people get so invested into it. So wanting to make... Um, prepare us for the season and just enjoy what we have going on. So with that being said, I thought perfect. We're going to go by conferences and divisions, you know, because there's so many different teams to talk about. And so better not like, let's just start with the ACC because it's a, you know, I'm on the East coast Atlantic, you know, get my drift. And so we're going to start with the ACC Atlantic, the double a. So that is the division I've spent probably, you know, I've grown up the most time paying attention to because that's where my team is, you know? And so, and as we keep going forward, we don't super know what that's going to look like, but we do know what's going to look like next year. And so that's the important thing with this. So before we get into the details of it, this is probably going to be more of an overview of teams. Uh, don't have enough time to, to super break down every single team, uh, as you might be a fan of, or just wanting to get into. Um, this is really just a, a, a summation and just taking all this data and all those different things and be like, okay, what am I like? What am I feeling right now? August first, twenty twenty two, and so you know these things can also change too. It's a fluid 
types of things. And of course, we haven't started fall camp. And so that's part of it too, is wanting to have these pre-fall camp uh, you know, snapshots of what's going on in, in, in these programs and what I'm kind of seeing and just some, and also just initial feels. I think a lot of this too is, is we have data to back up what we support and also just like what we feel from each program. What are we just sensing of what's going on? And so that's what I want. Well, that's what I want these to be. So definitely would love y'all's feedback on this. And if you're fans of these schools and, and just want to chime in too, would love that feedback too. Um, so yeah, we'd love to get started. So what I'm going to do is going to talk about each team briefly, and then we'll go in and we're going to go in alphabetical order, figure the easiest way to do it, and then kind of break down from there. Um, and so what I've also done too, is I've made a composite of these different rankings. And so if you don't want to, I mean, just the word for a composite, I'm just combining these different things, you know, 247 sports does a composite of all the different recruiting rankings that are out there just to make, try to make one large list. And I think there's another one now of just where people are ranked versus just like these different systems. And so you get that with, with magazines, you know, you've got Lindy's, you've got Athlon sports, you've got Phil Steele and his, all his wonderful data. That's like great. And can be a little overwhelming too, because it's so much. And you got pick six previews. who's coming out another data and they're just getting their hardcover. And I'm super excited for that to come in. But then you have all these different, you know, analysis on where these teams are and so I decided to make as they do with how they vote for the AP poll um, create a point system to where if you combine all four of those Lindley's uh, Lindy's uh, Athlon Sports Phil Steele and Pick 6 those four what would the consensus of those rankings be so when I'm saying composite that's what I'm referring to is uh, work I've already done to prep for those and so it's just interesting to look at. So that's how we're going to dive into it. Um, maybe a key player or two from each team. Oh, just something to look out for. So with that being said, let's dive in. So as we look to, and I'm just pulling up my notes as we go. This is a one-man one man show. So thank you for, for rolling with it. You know, try to you know keep things as clean as cuz I can. But also like I'd... I personally, when I watch stuff like this, I love the rawness of it. So that's what this is, and um, we'll keep tweaking it as we go. So we've got, remember for the Atlantic last year, we had Wake Forest won the division, and then NC State and Clemson both tied for second, but NC State was finished second because they finally beat Clemson after, I think, like eight years, and so they had the tiebreaker over them. But... Uh, Wake Forest was representative, and Pitt when did you know obviously won the conference, but that's what we're talking about in the AC Atlantic. So we're starting with Boston College, and they are going into year three with Coach Jeff Halfley, and I like Jeff Halfley. I think he's doing a lot of cool things up there, and if maybe you're not as big of a fan of the Atlantic Coast Conference or, or just even paying attention, I, I could see him flying kind of flying under the radar, but he's a great coach. You know, he did a great job when he was at Ohio state and I think they're really building something up there. They've had to really, you hear this word a lot, but you, they've had to revamp the culture. And so I like what he's doing up there. I think it takes time for a school, maybe not as, you know, when you're in a sports market like Boston, you're trying to, you know, get the attention. You know, I've, I've been to Boston and, 
like for a Clemson Boston College game, and people didn't, you know, like six seven years ago didn't know who Clemson was. You know, it's just Boston is a, and you know, like that, that's not everybody, of course, but you know, I got asked as wearing an orange hat if, you know, if the Chicago Cubs were in town, you know? Um, and so I think there's just a, a big uphill battle that I think if you can win over those fans, I just, you can get the attention of the town and really captivate that. And so I think he's, all I have to say, I think he's doing a good job and I could see this being another year of building on that. So last year they went six and six. Uh, they were two and six in conference. You know, part of that too is Phil Dracovic, their uh, talented quarterback, got hurt during the middle of the year. You know, like speaking of Clemson, like he didn't get to play against them. And so, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe that would count for a couple more wins on their season and, and we'd be paying attention to more nationally. But these different things have them. Uh, I'm sorry, preview magazines have them. I've seen a couple of them have a fifth. The composite has them actually sixth out of seven, um, which I'll say this from the beginning. The AC Atlantic is going to be really competitive. I think that's what makes this really difficult to preview because, you know, in years past, it was just, it was Clemson and everyone was playing for second, honestly. You know, they won six years in a row. So it's just, it, you know, there's just some divisions where it's been like that. And, you know, as a fan, I don't take that for granted at all. Like I respect a lot, you know, I respect these teams. And so you really have to bring your game ready to play. And so Boston College is one of those teams that could finish anywhere from sixth, even seventh, you know, depending how injuries and different things go. And we're also, we're, well, all these previous stuff, we're, assume, we're not assuming injuries. You know, that changes the picture of all this stuff. But, you know, they could even finish fourth. Or third, you know, that's what it, these middle parts get so close together. And so that's what I'm looking at. Um, the Capaza has them six, but we'll go from there where I have them finished at the end. So we got Phil Dracovic, obviously. You know, last year he threw for 9 or 15 yards, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, through partial year, uh, you have guys like uh, Pat Garwo. I think it's going to be a really good running back this year, under the radar guy, but he. If they can get some good offensive line play, um, they have a lot of returners, but um, if they can really get the push up there and really make more of a balanced, you know, pro-style attack, I think they can be, you know, a consistent offense up there, especially when you have dynamic wide receivers, Zay Flowers. You remember that name. Um, that's, that's my guy to watch for them would be Zay Flowers. He's an all-conference type of player. Um, I could very easily see him playing at the next level. And just makes it very dynamic and tough to tough to guard. Uh, last year he had 746 yards on 44 catches and five touchdowns. So I could see him that going up a step for sure. And so the thing with this now is, can they make the big plays to keep going and to really capitalize on? On this, um, like when I'm looking at their schedule, they start at start with Rutgers, go on the road at Virginia Tech, which is big. Um, Virginia Tech, you know, is in a transition year, but if you get a win like that on the road, that's big. They get Louisville and Clemson at home. They get Duke, which is, you know, it's not a guaranteed win, but I mean, when it comes from cross divisional rivals, you know, you get them. Uh, Syracuse is at home, so the big road games are at Wake Forest. NC State, so those are tough. Like it's it's not 
Um, that's where it's like it's just how some of these road Sweden games go. So that's uh, that's Boston College, and so solid team. Only returning five offensive players, seven defensive returners, but. I think they're they're making some moves and and how they do in some of those middle games I think can really just decide you know once they get you know before Clemson and after Clemson how do they do they have to go out on the road at Notre Dame as well so very interested to see how Boston College does this year uh, next we have Clemson so Clemson was ten and three six and two you know a very down year for them you know they only won ten games. For the eleventh time, um, I'm saying that tongue in cheek because, as Clemson fans, that's that's what you hear, and and so I think just recognizing like that to win ten games again is a big deal, and so no, they didn't win the conference again, and the world is not ending. Dabo knows what he's doing. I'm just going to say that I think there's a lot of stock being put into the new coordinators, but. You know, you got Brandon Streeter and Wes Goodwin. You got Brandon Streeter, who's called games before. You know, he played, you know, he was at Richmond. He's been the quarterback's coach for a while, helped really solidify, you know, that. And no one was going to question that position until last year. And so, and that's a lot with him helping with that. And you got Wes Goodwin, who's just a defensive, you know, guru. And, and you hear everyone from the program, they're super pumped to have him there. You've got NFL teams looking for him to come in. So Dabo's not even concerned at all. And so for me, I'm not concerned. I think it's just like an interesting to see, you know, maybe some differences you might see. I would expect the offense maybe to be a little bit more, I want to say aggressive, but a little more assertive maybe is the word I'm looking for. I think it's just, it, it'll be good to see some some more juice from them. That's just some different uh, minds that calling the plays or, or just uh, in the charge of it. And so I think, and Wes Goodwin's worked with Brent Venables for a long time, so you're going to see a lot of similarity. I think you'll probably see a little more differences on offense at first. But defensively, Wes Goodwin's not like, you know, really animated like Venables, um, who's now obviously the head coach at Oklahoma. So I think those are some of the differences, but I think you'll see the ball get out of DJ Uyunglele's hand more. You'll probably see more running backs in the passing game. And the big key for them, I think, is the wide receiver play. And, you know, getting that downfield blocking, if they can get some good plays in the slot, I think would be huge for them. Um, but defensively, I mean, you lost some pieces, but this is arguably the best defensive line in the country. And I would I would probably say it's the best defensive line in the country. You got Miles Murphy, Brian Brzee, Tyler Davis, Xavier Thomas is a five-star coming off the bench, obviously. Trenton Simpson. You know, all these different guys. And then you got another round of, it'll be interesting to see with corner, you know, having two guys go into the NFL, how that steps up. But Clemson's traditionally, you know, built with pressure. And so it'll be very interesting to see with them. I think, I mean, you got Will Shipley, obviously very dynamic. I think what this really comes down to is how is, I mean, it, I think a big tell with this is how is DJ playing. And so, that's not the end all be all, obviously, but you know, Clemson played a lot of close games last year, and if they can get a good, decent improvement from DJ, I think we're looking at another potential division championship, and then pursuing a lot of the goals that they want down the road. So, and also you have to remember, five star K Clubnik out of Austin, Texas, 
is is back there. And so very interested to see how this goes. I think the Georgia Tech game will be very interested to see how they play it. But I wouldn't also be shocked if they come out a little bit slow just because that's how Clemson comes out traditionally. Um, so some big games for Clemson. You know, they go on the road at Wake Forest. I would argue the biggest game in the ACC year is October 1st. NC State comes to Death Valley. That is the game to circle. You know, if you want to pay attention to, um, you could argue the winner of that wins the ACC. I mean, we're going to talk about the Coastal, and rightfully so. But you could, the argument can be made that, that that is the game to circle for them. They also go on the road at Notre Dame. They host Miami. Very interested to see how Miami is later in the year. And obviously rival South Carolina. So... I think the ACC really, it'd be really good for this conference to have a playoff contender. And Clemson's been that. So I think it, it, the, the possibility are there. It just really depends how they are offensively, I think, and what this looks like. Oh, and sorry, I meant to say, excuse me, the composite has them finishing first in the conference. And so not everyone picked them to finish first. Um, I think pick six actually picked them to finish second behind NC State. But a lot of the consensus is right now that Clemson will return and at least uh, get a chance to play in the championship game again. Then we have Florida State next on the list. They come in from last year five and seven, four and four. In conference, this is year three under Mike Norvell. They're eight and 13 so far with him. Florida State's in this interesting position because, you know, they go from winning the national title with Jimbo Fisher, have a couple interesting years, and then he leaves, you know. Then they got Willie Taggart for a couple years, and that was, you know, kind of lackluster. And I think the problem was bigger than what people were realizing on the outside. And then Mike Norvell comes in from Memphis, and this is just a program that's just going to take a while to – it's, it, you know, it, it was understood it was going to take a little bit for them to come back, especially offensive line was the real issue um, for them, you know, over the past, you know, since national title. Um, and you could even argue then they're winning um, not with all the way the best offensive line play. Um, so they're making an effort to make a lot more uh, financially backing into the program. And so now it's... Now, you know, what do you do with that? And and seeing, hopefully, recruiting keep going in a positive direction. And so I I think Mindervelle's a good coach. I think it's just whether or not he can withstand and make enough improvements to show that they're they're capitalizing on that investment. And I will just say from the AC's perspective, they need Florida State to be good. Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech, those kind of national brands really need to be better. I would say... Clemson's been holding up a big end of this, um, and those teams want to be better. But for the ACC to continue to be to keep the keep the conference as it's looked all these years, and and want to be considered one of the main powers still, you need teams like this to, to keep improving. And so, I think they're going in the right direction. Uh, the question is, is it enough of improvement to keep building on? You know, you want to get out of this middle ground, which I think that they've kind of been in. So. They lost big guys like Jermaine Johnson to the NFL, defensive end. And they're returning eight on offense, seven on defense. So we'll see. I think Jordan Travis is the guy. 
right now. And so obviously he can do a lot with his legs. Um, they need him to stay healthy as, you know, Boston college would really anyone with their quarterback play, obviously, but I think especially he's very dynamic player and they want to make him a better passer. But Florida state's problem is they haven't had that, you know, those, these key wide receivers recently, you know, last year, you know, their running back, Josh, uh, Deshaun Corbin led the team with 25 receptions. They, he had the highest amount, you know, no one had more than 400 yards, not even 400 yards receiving. So they really need some standouts. Guyman should just uh, interested to know would be Micah Pittman. He's wide receiver transfer from Oregon. Uh, he's slated to start. And so I would think, I think he's just one of those guys. It's like, who's going to, but it's just an example. Who is a guy like that? Who's going to establish himself as the number one key guy to help with the running game, you know, cause they can get some, some runs in there. You know, you got Trayshawn Ward is probably going to be the starter now. And so what do you do with that? Uh, and they had a couple games that were really close, like Clemson, obviously. I mean, that's the spectrum I'm coming from. So, um, But I think there's some real good possibilities for them. It's just how do they do with this? They have to go on the road at NC State. They host Clemson. They have to go at Miami. They host Florida. So very interesting. Oh, yeah, their first main game is LSU, which is a neutral site game in New Orleans. So it's a road game, <laughs> honestly. But... If Florida State can pull that off, that is a huge non-conference game. And I think a real big booster for this program. You know, last year they lost to Jacksonville State at home. And it took a while for them to recover from that. So if you can build on that, I mean, say they win that. They go on the road at Louisville, which could be an interesting game. Lee Cunningham. Then they host Boston College, host Wake Forest. You can build some momentum from that, is what I'm saying. I'm not expecting them to necessarily win the division or even finish second, but you can, you can see where momentum gets built from that. And so then you have guys like Jamie Robinson on defense, uh, really interested to see what they do in year three. Um, I think some good possibilities from them, but we'll see. It's just hard to know which, what you're working with until the season starts. And that's what some of these teams is because there's so many transfers and we haven't started fall camp yet that it's just hard to, to, to tell sometimes until you start seeing, uh, start seeing tape and start seeing games. But I think that LSU game will be a very, big marker for both teams because they're both in some interesting transition, obviously with LSU that we'll get into later this month, you know, with Brian Kelly. Okay. So now I'm just going to take a quick sick. Hold on. Mm. Thanks for that. <laughs> Mouth gets a little dry as you're talking the whole time. So now we've got NC state. One of the most interesting teams, I think in the country because you got a team last year who finally got over, you could say, the Clemson hump. They hadn't beat them, I think, in in eight years, and it's, they took double overtime to do that. And so they get that mark, you know, they get that monkey off their back per se. You know, Dave Dorn smoking a cigar and having, you know, the cuff and everything, and, and just being himself. But you know, they didn't get to that ten win mark, and not all that was their own fault. You know, if you remember correctly. They're supposed to play UCLA, and I would have picked. I picked them to win that game. You know, I thought they had a really good shot at that. And then UCLA had COVID, so you had a lot of teams canceling because of that. And so, you know, in my mind, they really won, but the ten games, but they didn't technically, and they've only won once in their whole in their whole program history. You know, ten games. It's hard to win, and I think it was two thousand two. You can correct me if I'm wrong. So. And they didn't even get to win the division. And I think that's – so you have a team 
on paper who, you know, caught, I want to say everyone by surprise, but really took a step up last year and made themselves on the national scene. You have Devin Leary, who all ACC, you know, quarterback, really, you could argue one of the best, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the, in the conference, if not the best quarterback, um, very dynamic player, doesn't turn the ball over huge, um, big time, big time guy. Um, and then you have, but they were, they were, they're not the target on their back kind of team. Whereas you could argue this year, teams are going to be, you know, they're a little bit one of those teams you circle more now. And so how do you handle that? And, you know, honestly, this is Dave Dorans. This is his 10th year, you know? And so it's argue one of his best teams to get to actually to go to Charlotte and go to play for an ACC title. And really, you know, take a, take a next step up and show also, I, I think NC State's a very interesting time because they're one of the, these border teams are like, what's, I mean, we're not going to super talk about this a whole lot, but what are you going to do with a team like NC State when it comes to conference realignment and everything? You know, they win the ACC, they show they're a strong team and maybe it helps them in the long run. So I think there's a lot, there's a lot riding, you know, on a team like this, this year. Um, so and I think the thing which is really big for them is they're picked to finish second in the composite, and rightfully so. They've got solid offense and, I mean, just a really good defense, an underrated really good defense. And they've got the three-headed monster on defense with the three linebackers. You've got Drake Thomas, Peyton Wilson, Isaiah Moore. Drake Thomas has stepped up when the other two got injured. They, yeah, they dealt with a lot of injuries last year. I didn't talk about this with Clemson, but both these teams dealt with a lot of injuries. And so if all those stay healthy, then it's like a huge, huge deal for them. Um, they lost uh, uh, Ikuanu Iki, as he's called, a left tackle to the NFL, and rightfully so. I mean, great guy. And then uh, their top receiver, Mecca Mezzi, on the outside. They lost him um, as well. But they returned 10 starters on defense. And also on offense, they've got Thayer Thomas, Stephen Carter. They're going to be dynamic. I think for them is it's how do they hold up with the buildup of being a top 15 team and, and continuing versus like coming onto the scene versus like wanting to be a part of that national um, conversation. Like what does that do for that? And then, of course, you circle back to the Clemson game, you know, uh, October 1st in Death Valley. Excuse me. They go on the road at, at ECU. Underrated game, very interesting. They're going on the road in Greenville, North Carolina. They got Texas Tech at home, so very easily can be undefeated in that. But you don't want to overlook those teams. Um, we'll be very interesting to see how how they do um, in that. But that will be, I mean, both those teams undefeated. I would I could see it being college game day, you know, without looking at the other schedules right now. But very interested to see how they do. But it being on the road in Clemson adds a whole other level for that dynamic. Okay. Moving on, we've got Syracuse, Orange, up in New York. You got Dino Babers. He's already in his seventh year. Wow. Some of these guys uh, have just, it doesn't feel like as long as like that. Um, but it really has been. And so you got Dino Babers. You know, they were, they had, you know, that one big year and then they've been having a hard time getting themselves back footing I, you know they've changed their offense a little bit um they definitely were a very heavy run 
uh, team last year. You you got Garrett Schrader, the Mississippi State transfer, was playing there last year. And then you got all-conference running back Sean Tucker. So they're they're definitely, you know, there's some opportunities for them. But it's tough, you know. They they are picked to finish um, seventh last year, this, this upcoming year. And so, I mean, obviously we play the games on the field, but... That'd be very tough. But some big guys to watch out for for Syracuse are Sean Tucker. I'm, I'm saying this right now as a freshman. This dude is dynamic and just relentless, always moving his feet. I mean, he's good enough to – he could be an All-American, like running back. Like, he's that good. And, you know, if you're not paying attention to games in the Northeast kind of time – I mean, you might know of him, but – you might not know how like how good he really is. This dude can play. And, I mean, he is the guy you circle and focus in on when you play Syracuse. And you have to be even, even when, he, when you have that, he still is churning out yards. Um, as I'm pulling up yards last year, rushed for f- almost 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, and caught 255 yards in the backfield. You know, knowing that as a freshman, you're the guy on offense. That's a big deal. Um, very interested to see his sophomore campaign, and I think he can. I think he can uh, come up on it and or, or follow up on it. I mean, um, on defense they've got Mikel Jones and Garrett Williams, both dynamic players on defense. Um, the thing with with Syracuse is, you know, they played some teams close. Clemson, Wake Forest is can they score enough points, and then can the defense hold an, up enough to do that? I think that's kind of the problem I kind of saw last year was that they could be in games. They just didn't have enough uh, energy or enough, uh, you know, uh, momentum behind them to keep it going because it's, you know, in the second half of games. So that will be very interesting to see with them. They do get Notre Dame this year, uh, kind of a, not say a lighter schedule, but winnable schedule. They get Louisville uh, at home, open the season, Labor Day weekend. Um, could sneak up on them. I'll be very interested to see. It can be very loud. It's it's a very interesting place to play, you know, up in Syracuse, New York. So they got them at the State at home, Notre Dame at home. Obviously, that's not an ACC game, but Notre Dame plays, you know, those five games, and that's a big national national game. And so I think really solid team, definitely an opportunity to go bowling this year. And you have to be ready to play them, for sure. They're going to be ready to play. It's just a matter of can they capitalize and get some of these wins under their belt. We got Wake Forest with Dave Clawson. The Fighting Clawsons um, really became, I don't want to say a darling team, but just really came a, a, a team last year with Sam Hartman and the, the long mesh. You know, they just hold the ball for so long. And that kind of an offense, it's going to be his ninth year, which is crazy. Like, he just feels like he's been there for forever. And it's really almost been a decade. They returned nine on offense from the team that went to the AC title game and, um, you know, had a great season, just ran out a little bit of gas at the end. They're projected to finish third right now, um, which is fair. Um, Just from from where they finished, I'm just re-looking up their schedule. They were 11-3 and last year. Big, I mean, this is the type of program where you build up, build the recruits, build in, uh, try to build in the depth and then really try to capitalize, you know, you know, in that junior, senior year, like once every four years kind of a team. And 
they're one of the teams I would say that really took advantage well of the extra COVID year. So getting an extra guys who are playing these extra years. And when you have that, you know, fifth, even sixth year guys, which is just unheard of before all this COVID stuff, that's a big deal. And so to have that for a team like, like Wake Forest, that institutional knowledge, where usually it can take a couple of years to really get, get enough of the depth and, um, uh, talent to really compete with some of the bigger guys in the conference. Um, that's a big deal. And Sam Hartman really has mastered the offense. I think for them, I mean, the big question for them is, you know, they lost, you know, Robertson, wide receiver. They still have A.T. Perry, great, great receiver. You know, they'll score points. I'm not worried about them scoring points. I'm worried about them stopping people. That's their problem is, is stopping people. And for them to, I think important for them this year is, you don't want to make last year like a one-hit wonder type of feel. You want to keep building on it. And having a guy back like Sam Hartman is really big. And also then what do they do in the bigger games is really important for them. And so, you know, they get Clemson at home, which is big. They play Army again, which that was a really, you know, very interesting game with two very different offenses. I would That's an interesting game. If you're looking for an under-the-radar game, Army comes, West Point comes to uh, Wake Forest October 8th. Uh, big ones, they go on the road at Louisville, NC State, um, UNC, Duke. So it's a very, um, very you know, very interesting schedule for them. And so I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how this, what this team's look like and can they keep up uh, the momentum from last year. And so... I apologize, guys, as I've been trying to uh, circle through this. And so you would have noticed that I went out of order. A little bit that was not on purpose. So sorry, Louisville fans, that wasn't on purpose on my part. I'm just, as I'm scrolling, it just jumped to NT State. So obviously I went out of order. So, but you never know, maybe I'm just saving the best for last. And this was planned all along. <laughs> just kidding. It was honest accident. Um, you got the Louisville Cardinal last year, who was six and seven. Four and four in conference. So you're seeing a lot of these teams middle of the pack. Louisville's an interesting team for me. You know, you've got Scott Satterfield. It still feels like he's trying to recover from with the fan base and the administration uh, with him putting his name out there for the South Carolina job and then not being picked for that and then wanting to be there. So it's a very interesting kind of dynamic with that. Um, they're still feels like they're still trying to just from an outsized perspective, it's they're still trying to, you, when you have such a dynamic player like Lamar Jackson and having that, you're trying to, 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 to keep momentum going. And it just feels like it's taken a little bit of time more than even expected to return, you know, to that or, or to keep making themselves like a nine win, you know, fight for nine win team fighting for the division. And so, because they have talented guys, it's just a matter of putting them and putting it all together and the depth that it takes, obviously, to to do that. Um, they return seven on both sides of the ball. Uh, big loss for them, I'd say, is uh, Tyler Harrell, uh, the speedster outside guy who, after spring, transferred to Alabama. So, if you're looking for a guy to like watch out for, you know, him and the Alabama system will be very interesting, um, very. 
could be you know a dynamic player, and you know they they definitely capitalized. Bama did on some transfers, and so we'll be curious to see how like who steps up for them on offense because I mean it obviously the player to watch for Louisville is Malik Cunningham. Like this dude can play, and you don't want to call him like like Lamar Jackson, you know, <laughs> like another version of Lamar Jackson because I feel like that's you don't want to be lazy about it, but at the same time, they even kind of look alike. And so, and, and some of the ways they play, uh, are very similar and the way they can just take a hold of a game and you have to really account for them with both their arm and their leg. And so that kind of, you know, dual threat dynamics, um, very important for them. I think the big thing for Louisville is, can they help Malik Cunningham? You know, he's the type of player who can win you a couple games by himself. But he can't do that all year. Like that, that's football doesn't work that way. It's too much, you know. I, even like the best players, they have other guys you have to keep keep your eyes on. And so, who steps up for them on offense? Guys, watch out for you know. And some of these preview magazines are Marshawn Ford, the tight end, um, Mitchell should be really interesting and good. Um, but Cunningham. 2,900 yards, 19 touchdowns. He scored 20 on the ground over 1,000 yards. I mean, he obviously is he is the guy. And I think for them is who else steps up for them. Because if it's just Malik Cunningham, you know, you're looking at like probably like a 500 team. And that's not even to say hopefully I, I do not wish on anybody, but they just don't have, you know, that's been their problem is, it, is also having some depth. And so I think just for – that I think he could be very dynamic. I mean, he is one of those guys, like if they ended up winning, you know, in listening to some, some radio and different things, like if they could win like nine games, I mean, you could argue he's in the Heisman conversation. Like that's how good this guy can be um, if he gets that help. So that's the thing with Louisville. Um, it's hard to say with them that they go to road at Clemson. They get pit from the other side of the conference. Uh, Florida State, obviously, um, they're playing all the Southern Florida schools. UCF, FSU, USF. Um, they have to go at Kentucky, of course, and they haven't been able to do well recently. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see. But there's Louisville. So now that we've wrapped all that up, really very interesting, very interesting uh, conference, uh, division, excuse me. And so I... I released uh, some different tiers um, earlier and uh, on Twitter. So if you saw some of those, really the idea with the tiers is it's it's more of like how do we how do we judge like expectations for these different teams? And it's not like you were going it wasn't necessarily you're going to finish there. It's just like trying to take a snapshot then of where these guys going to finish. And so in trying to analyze this conference, I kind of see. I kind of see three tiers, and I've adjusted this a bit, um, of where's potential to finish. Like, really opportunity, I would say, of, of where is a reasonable expectation for, of finishing. And I probably see three. It's probably actually four of this, and you'll kind of see what I mean um, as we get through this. Um, but you have Clemson. Clemson and NC State, I really think, are the two that are really battling for the division title. And that game in Death Valley, I think, will really decide it as long as there are no other slip-ups that I foresee. You got Wake Forest and probably in Tier 2. 
just because they lost a lot and um, they're a team that just usually needs another year to develop. And I just think that the defenses for NC State and Clemson are just so dynamic that it's just they just feel like a slightly like third feels right for them. And then you got the middle bunch, which I would say is really the toughest of all this, is you've got Florida State, Louisville, and Boston College, where I could see any of them finishing one through three in that little tier. And then you got Syracuse. Um, no disrespect to Syracuse. It's just it's a very tough conference. And um, I just think they're just an all-man game with, with Sean Tucker. And so that's just hard uh, to come up with. But they very easily could not be in that. That's just an initial snapshot. So if I was picking – with me picking this division, so I, I told you the composite rankings, I would pick in reverse order Syracuse uh, seventh. And then I have Florida State six, um, Louisville five, Boston College four. Um, this is very tight, and I'm also saying this too. I know some of these preview magazines do ties, which is fine, but I'm 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 forcing myself to make the decision. I don't want to just be like, oh, we got two a tie, um, and that's fine if those guys want to do it that way. I'm just I want to make myself force myself to make a decision, and so I just. I think I just like the culture the best right now in this moment at Boston College. And uh, I just think that they're an under-the-radar team that um, if Djokovic can stay healthy, I think they can be really good. And Zay Flowers and those guys are just really dynamic. Um, with Louisville, I just think it's it's too much is dependent on Malik Cunningham. And that's just a lot of pressure that over the course of a season can really just wear them down where, you know, they could force them to finish one game below. In Florida State, um, they have made some some push, but I just haven't seen enough yet to feel comfortable picking them um, higher than that. And so, again, those can finish anywhere in between. But in making decisions, I just I just feel the best about Boston College when it comes to all those. Um, so, and then I have Wake Forest third. You know, like I said, I just think they're a tier just tier slightly below. Um, could other things could happen, but that's just where I have them right now. And then the big one, I have Clemson winning the conference. Um, this is not just you know I didn't want to just make this like a homer pick. I honestly would pick NC State. I think the big the big thing for this is this game is at home for Clemson this year. And when you have a group that sometimes when you get so used to winning, you almost like. I don't want to say you take it for granted, but you almost just kind of, you lose that hunger a little bit. It's just, we're very natural as human beings to, to lose that. And so NC State got over the hump, but trying to go into that valley, is just a much different animal. You know, that's potentially probably a night game too. Um, this Clemson team's going to be very hungry and I think very capable of doing that. And I just like, I think the offense, it's hard for it to get worse than it was last year. And Clemson had to play a really bad game and NC State had to play a top-notch game, and even then it went into overtime. And so I just give the edge to, to Clemson to come out of the division, but with NC State giving a, a strong fight and still a team with a very strong chance for 10 wins. I think I would, if I were a betting man, I could I would bet on them winning 10 games, you know, including the bowl game. But when it comes to the division, I just I got the Tigers. So, well, there you have it, guys. That's my pick for the Atlantic. Um, super excited to jump into this. Um, remember to like, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Like, 
the channel for YouTube, especially want to, to build that up, um, just to try different, you know, viewing content. I like being able to see the person who's listening or who, who's talking, you know, so would love your feedback on that. If you get a, get a chance to review, that's big just to get more eyeballs. If you have friends who really love college football or love college sports, um, share this with them. I'd really appreciate that. Um, make sure to follow all of our social channels. It's backyard catch spelled like it sounds two words, um, with a different, you know, slightly different, the social tags, just depending on what was available. Um, so y'all thank you so much. Super excited. It's August. It's football. Super pumped. We'll be coming later, you know, obviously with the rest of the ACC and the rest of the country, but for now we are signing off. Thanks guys. Have a good week.